So people can cancel your opportunities. They can, you know, take away your money, but they can't cancel your confidence. That is why it is so important to invest in the things people cannot take away from you. Money comes and goes. So invest in things that you own, that you have power over, your self-belief, your confidence, your vision for your life. These are all of the things that you control, you know? I'm Emilie Bellet, the founder of Vespa.com, thriving community that financially empowers women, author of You're Not Broke, You're Pretty Rich, and host of The Wallet. Today, I speak to Tiwalola Ogunlesi, confidence coach and founder of Confident and Killing It, a self-love revolution, waking women up to their worth so that they can be confident, unstoppable, and live the life they desire. With her infectious energy, Tiwalola is on a mission to help every woman and girl to love and believe in themselves, harnessing the power of self-confidence. Today on The Wallet, Tiwalola tells me how she has explored and built up her own confidence and how by recognizing where her strengths and passions meet, she's found where she feels most empowered. Down days are inevitable and happen to all of us. So Tiwalola shares how she manages negative thoughts when they arise, how to navigate the days where you don't feel your best and how we can define both success and failure on our own terms. We discuss the role confidence plays in our relationship with money, how to recognize the difference between our worth and value, and how Tiwalola views money as a tool that enables her to have more impact. Please note that the information made available on this podcast is provided for educational purposes only and does not constitute financial advice. If you have any questions, you should seek advice from an independent financial advisor. Also, if you're investing money, make sure it's for the long term and you understand what you're investing in. Hi, Tiwa. Hi, Emily. <laughs> Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm good, thank you. <laughs> Feeling good. Life is good at the moment. Can't really complain. <laughs> I like that. That's a good intro. <laughs> especially, we, we're going to talk about confidence today, confidence in, you know, work, in your life, but also with your money. Can I please ask you to, uh, to introduce yourself for, for those who don't know you? Yes, absolutely. So my name is Tiwalola Ogunlesi. I am a confidence coach specializing in positive psychology and the founder of Confident and Killing It. Confident and Killing It is a self-love revolution that really wakes women up to their worth so they can be confident, unstoppable, and just dare to live the life that they truly desire. I run corporate wellbeing workshops. I have a Confident and Killing It podcast. I have the online community and I'm also a, um, a confidence coach. So I work with women one-on-one -on -one to help them build their confidence so they can run their businesses or they can get visibility in the workplace or just, you know, learn to love themselves a little bit more. Did you always know you wanted to be a coach or, you know, what, what was the, your journey um, and how did you discover that? Yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to help women and especially women with their confidence? No, I never really thought of coaching. I mean, when I was a teenager, I wasn't really interested in that. Kind of always knew I was going to be in business and, you know, be a businesswoman because both my parents are entrepreneurs. So I always kind of knew I would, you know, be in business, but I never... I, I only came across coaching when I was about 21, 22. And that's where my personal 
I think it's still quite yeah. early. I mean, for me, it was like much later, you know, after business school and stuff. And I was like, that sounds yeah. interesting. Yeah. So my mom actually gave me a book when I was 21 called 15 Laws of Growth by John Maxwell. And that was re my real first introduction to personal growth. When I was reading the book, I was learning about how growth is intentional and you don't just wake up one day and you're the woman of your dreams. Like you actually have to build that person and, and put in the work. And I'm a very, like, I'm a very competitive person. I'm very strategic. I'm an Aries. So when I found out that there were practical steps that I could take to become the woman of my dreams, I was like 100% laser focused. Let's do this I'm about to like be like you know boss millionaire babe whatever and um yeah I just kind of realized that because actually I was very insecure at that time I thought I wasn't creative I doubted myself a lot I hated my body I thought there was no like special gifts or talents about me and I wasn't happy with the way my life was so when I realized that I had the power of choice to program my mind to love me and support me because my mind was so mean to me and I didn't want to keep living with a mind that was tearing me down every second. My life was literally a battle between me believing in myself, but my mind just tearing me down all the time. And so when I unlocked personal growth and I started to reprogram my mind to be a mind that loved me and empowered me, it just came with so much love and freedom and confidence and just kind of like my energy just completely shifted. And I was like, wow, why do a, not, a lot of people not know about this, you know? And so I was like, I want to make it my mission to help every single woman and girl like love and believe in herself because this is just such a powerful way to live. We all should be living like this. And then that's where my interest in coaching began. Do you think everybody or anybody could benefit from coaching? And often you could hear people say, oh, you know, this person is not coachable or, you know, wh why is that? And, and, and do you think really anyone can have this sort of like click? Yeah, I can do it actually. And I can completely like change my mindset. Maybe it's going to take some time, but you know, how do you make this like click? This thing? Yeah. Um, coaching is all about understanding where are you now and where do you want to go and what are the steps to take you there? So I always tell my clients, like, you're not broken. I'm not trying to fix you. Okay. My job as a coach is to ask you powerful questions to get you thinking in ways that you don't usually think right? To help you reframe your mindset and reframe your thinking. So instead of thinking, what if I fail? What if no one buys my product? You can start thinking, actually, what if I succeed? What if I build something with a community that people really love and support? Right? So it's about learning to lean into the positive possibility of your life. The choices are there. You can either choose sabotage or you can choose empowerment. It's literally your choice to make. And so, you know, it's really about helping people see the power of choice they have and how their thoughts connect to their emotions and their emotions connect to the actions that they take. Because a lot of people don't understand that there is such a strong link between what you think about yourself and what you then go on to do. So my job really is I focus on the mindset because your mind is the foundation to everything. And so it's about helping people see how, okay, they can actually like reprogram their mind and program it 
for success to empower them. And once your mind is in the right place, you'll be able to achieve anything that you want, but you can have big dreams. And if your mind is in a terrible place and always bringing you down, you're not going to reach the goals that you want to reach. I, I think for most people, when, if you want to get a coach, you want to work with a coach, if it's the first time and you've never done it before, it can be a bit tricky to understand, you know, what's a good coach? What type of coach should I get? And in an episode with Frankie Cotton in Raise the Bar, you talk about the importance of being ethical, which I really love. And I think it's important to talk about that when we talk about coaching. Can you give us a few tips on, you know, how can anyone choose a coach for, for themselves? I think uh, when you're choosing your coach, it's really important to pick someone whose energy you really get along with. That's the number one thing. And I don't take on every single client that comes to me, the same thing. So you also have to make sure that as the coach, you are agreeing to work with clients who are committed and dedicated and really feel that energy. And as the client, also you're willing, you want to work with a coach who really believes in you and your potential and also is kind of holding your hand and helping you navigate the journey. You don't want a coach that's just giving you advice and you don't want a coach that just tells you what to do and wants to try and fix you. Like I said, you really want somebody who's going to challenge you and get you thinking in ways that you haven't thought before. Definitely look for coaches, you know, with qualifications as well. It's really important. I started off my coaching journey without a qualification. I was testing it out, coaching university students. And um, I just wanted to see how it was and get results and things like that. And the moment I noticed that I had a gift for coaching, I was like, right, let's learn some proper tried and tested techniques that I can then infuse with my own special Tiwa energy. Coaching isn't just like opening a book and asking you questions from the book that every single coach follows this journey. Um, people have signed up to coaching with me because they saw me dancing on Instagram and they were like, I really love her energy. I want her to be my coach, you know? <laughs> so, um, look at the testimonials that they have. And maybe if you can reach out to somebody who has had coaching with them. So make sure they are able to show you tangible results. And also, um, it's important that your coach isn't a successful coach just because they're teaching people how to make money. There's a big thing where it's like entrepreneurs aren't actually successful entrepreneurs because they have a successful product or service. It's because they're teaching people how to build businesses without a business of their own. And it's like, people are paying them and they're making money from people paying them, not necessarily because they have the skills and the service to actually do what it is they're teaching other people to do. So I think it's really important that whoever you're working with has tried and tested results and is building something themselves as well so that you know they're really legit. Yeah. And that, so for me, that's a super transition to actually your own journey and how did you start building, you know, your own like confidence journey? So you mentioned that you started maybe with books quite early on, but how, what type of, um, you know, maybe exercises or did you actually get coaching? How did you manage to really like, you know, explode and build your platform? And I guess it's still ongoing. I mean, it's, it's a journey and I'm sure, you know, there's so many things you can still work on, but how, how did you start this journey? Yeah. So um, once I started reading loads of books, 
books. I just kind of threw myself into that, you know, watching loads of videos on YouTube. I also, one of the key foundations to building your confidence is knowing your strengths, knowing your passions and aligning them to form your power circle. So that's something I teach my clients how to do in our first session, because where your strengths and your passions meet, that is where you will be your most confident self. That was that is where you will be super empowered and successful. Because when you wake up every day living from a place of strength, it motivates you to do more and be better and really get into alignment with your purpose. And that's where fulfillment really comes from. And when you're fulfilled in life, it's just like you're just operating on a much higher vibration and energy level. And so one of the first things I focused on was like, articulating what am I actually good at and then looking for the evidence in my life. So a lot of people will just go on Google and maybe print out affirmations and be like, yay, I'm confident. Woohoo. And it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> We're going deeper than that, right? This is not like you go girl motivation. We actually want to find evidence that you are these things. So, okay. If you tell me you're resilient, Tell me why you think you're resilient. Give me an example of when you have shown resilience. That's how you really begin to articulate your strengths. There's no joy just saying, oh, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this, I'm that. Okay, why are you those things? Because when the negativity comes or the fear or the self-doubt comes, you need to have some ammunition to fight back, right? And that's my second step. You need to get sassy with those negative thoughts. You can't just let your negative thoughts come into your mind, grab some wine and popcorn and throw a nice little party. No, right? You have to challenge the negativity with the truth about yourself. But if you don't know the truth about who you really are and the strengths and the gifts and the talents inside of you, when the negativity comes, you just go, oh my gosh, yeah. Maybe I am a terrible person. Oh no, I need to not apply for this job. There's no way I'm going to make it the end. And you settle and you stay stuck. So for me, when I realized that my mind was a battlefield and everyone's mind is a battlefield, your positive and negative thoughts are constantly fighting for your attention. And every single day you need to make a choice. Which path are you going to go down? Are you going to lose the battle to your negative thoughts or are you going to dial up the ammunition and bring your positivity to the forefront, you know? So what happens if, uh, for example, one of your clients has like, they've started to do the work with you. They know, you know, what they're good at, what, you know, thinking positively, what does it, what does it mean for them? But they have this sort of bad day, you know, you've been on Instagram, you see competitors all around, or maybe you didn't get the job you, you were dreaming of, or you didn't get the salary increase. You can be a bit down. So they call you and how do you, how do you, you know, assess the, the situation and, and, and with, with time, Does this get better? <laughs> yeah, that's a very, very good question. I love that. It's so important to realize that confidence is a journey. Confidence is a practice. I didn't just wake up like this and be the most confident woman in the world. Like, no, that would have been nice, but no. It's the same way going to the gym, right? You don't go to the gym once and wake up with abs the next day. That would be nice, but unfortunately, that's not realistic, <laughs> you know? So confidence is a practice. I like to say life is a roller coaster. You go up, you go down, you go up, you go down. If a roller coaster ride was just a smooth path, just going super straight, you would be so bored, right? So life is a roller coaster. You're going to have highs, you're going to have lows. But the key is you've got to keep moving forward till you reach the finish line, okay? So I think it's, it's really important that 
we understand that life is not going to be perfect. And so when the down days come, acknowledge those down days, right? Acknowledge the down days um, and then articulate how do you actually feel? What's going on with you? How do you feel in life? And then begin to look for a way forward. So don't ignore your negative emotions because confidence is not an absence of self-doubt. You will always have it. It will always come to you, but it's about how do you respond? So step one, acknowledge, you know, I'm not really feeling good today. That's okay. Life is not about being perfect. It's okay to feel down. There is beauty in your strengths and your struggles. Okay. And then, okay, what's actually going on here? What am I actually feeling? Write it out, speak to someone about it. Don't keep your thoughts just kind of like in your head. You've got to get it down on paper so you can actually see what's going on. And then you get the clarity to be able to move forward. I'm thinking like these days, I mean, we spend a lot of time online, social media, especially over the past year. And, you know, I think we've been talking about, you know, always checking what others are doing. And, you know, this girl, she's doing that and then she's changing job or she's launching a huge business, but I'm still here. I feel stuck. So how do you focus on yourself and really like, you know, stay uh, or, or like focus uh, on your own lane? So, you know, comparison is really um, the thief of your joy and your the biggest driver of negative thoughts is comparison. Because when you compare yourself to other people, you will either feel inferior to them or superior to them. And none of those are really healthy for you. So my analogy that I like to use for comparison is, you know, imagine you're driving and you're constantly looking left and right, left and right, and never straight ahead at where you're going, right? Now, it's important to look left and right when you're driving, but if you are only ever looking left and right and never on your own lane, it is literally a car crash waiting to happen. And that's exactly what comparison does to you. If you're always looking over at what other people are doing and never taking time to look at your own life, then you will literally get dizzy. You will not be able to think straight and you're just not going to make the progress that you're capable of making. So I think it's so important to use other people for inspiration. If they can do it, you can do it too. Just because someone is winning in life doesn't mean that you can't win too. There's enough room for everyone to be successful. That is the beautiful thing about life. Like abundance is unlimited. So just because another woman is winning in her field and making a lot of money doesn't mean that you're going to be second place. There's enough room for all of us to be first place because it is your life. It's your own lane, right? And there's no competition with anyone else. The only competition you have is with your own self and getting to a point where you're living in purpose and you're fulfilled and you're happy and you're feeling good about yourself. So I think we need to move away from that really scarcity mentality, which is all about oh, somebody else winning means that I am now the loser or I am now second place. Absolutely not. There's enough room for all of us to thrive and to win. And um, actually talking about, you know, what can negatively affect your impact or affect your confidence. So comparison is one of them. Can you give me like a few other triggers maybe that you see in, uh, you know, some of your, of your clients? Because I guess once we identify these little triggers, uh, it, makes it 
maybe easier to understand, okay, this is the situation, this is happening, and now I think I can overcome this thing and focus on, you know, driving my own car or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. The perfectionism is another big driver that will knock your confidence because when you aim for perfectionism, which actually does not exist, right? You are setting ridiculously high standards for yourself that are not achievable. And then when you don't meet those standards, you begin to feel that you're not good enough. And when you feel good enough, you don't take action in life and it's a negative cycle. So learning to set realistic goals and targets for yourself that you actually care about and are connected to. Like a lot of women, um, you know, summer is coming, weight loss, you know, women will set unrealistic body goals, weight goals for themselves, and then feel bad when they don't reach those goals. But it's like, do you actually care about those goals or are you doing it because that's what society says you should do? So perfectionism is another one. Breaking promises to yourself, procrastination, that's another thing that will kill your confidence because confidence comes from also telling yourself that you're going to do something and following through with it. Now, if you are constantly telling yourself, oh, I'll do this thing. And then when the time comes, you retreat and you say, I'll do it another day. And then that time comes again and you retreat and you retreat and you constantly break promises to yourself. You're not going to trust yourself. And when you don't trust yourself, you're not going to take action in life. So think about it. Somebody who always tells you they're going to do something for you, but they never do it. Are you going to trust them? Are you going to believe in them? No. So if you want to believe in yourself more, make baby promises to yourself and keep those promises. And then you build momentum. And then once, you know, big change happens from tiny habits consistently over a period of time and they compound into, you know, into good change. So it's so important to, when you make a promise to yourself, keep that promise. Now I'm not saying, you know, maybe you say, oh, I'm going to wake up at 6am to go to the gym. And then one day, you know, you're really tired and you decide not to, you're not a failure. Okay. (laughs) None of that, but just in general, you know, 80% of the time when you say you're going to do something, commit to actually doing that thing. And, and that will really help boost your confidence as well. And and then something I think people can be a bit afraid about is um, is failure. Uh, you know, this like fear of failure, but also something I've I've seen a lot is fear of success. <laughs> what if it works? What if it, you know I'm like on the front page of all the papers? Like this is really scary. So how do you uh, how do you approach like these different types of fears? I like to say fear is just a negative thought of something in the future that hasn't even happened yet. Okay. So if you're going to go into your future and think of the worst possible scenario, why would you do that? That's rehearsing failure. You don't want to do that. It has not even happened yet. Why are you thinking of the worst possible outcome? So I always say to people, if you can fail, you can also succeed. If, if no one can buy from you, but what if they do buy from you? You don't hundred percent know. So how do we hundred percent know for a fact whether people are going to buy your product or not? You've got to put it out there. You've got to tell them and show them what it is you're doing. Before I posted my first ever video on Instagram about how important it is to love and believe in yourself, I was literally shaking in my room. Like, what if people think this is cringe? What if this is not helpful? And then I realized it's like, no, 
the message in me is so much more important than the fear I feel about this small moment. And then I started to lean into the positive possibility of my life. What if this one message can change somebody's life for the better? What if this one message inspires another woman to take action? And when I started to think about the positive possibilities that could happen from me taking action, it inspired me and I was feeling a lot more confident. You never actually know what's going to happen until you put yourself out there. So don't freak yourself out by thinking of all the things that could go wrong. They could, but they could also go right. And then the last thing with fear is that think of, okay, if your biggest fear does become a reality, what can you do to bounce back? right? Because once you know what you can do to bounce back, then you might as well take the risk to see how it plays out. Okay. So again, you've got to know your strengths. What inner resources do you have inside of you that if this thing fails, this will not be the end. And that brings me onto a really important point actually, is that failure is not your identity. Failure is something that happens to you. It is not who you are. So you can never be a failure. It is impossible. You are a human being. You are alive. You are breathing. You made it onto this planet. Your existence can never be a failure. But you can experience failure. Failure can happen to you. But you get to decide what failure and success is on your own terms. You know? And um, I find it really interesting when people are like, oh, Tiwa, tell me about a time that you failed. And I really don't know about a time that I failed, not because I'm super successful and super smart and intelligent. It's just to me, failure means like absolute dead end. And in all my situations that haven't gone according to plan, I found another way to do it. And to me, that is then a success. If I bounce back, if I didn't give up, if I found another way around it, that's a success to me. So you've got to learn to define failure and success on your own terms because, yeah, failure is just, it has a start date and an end date. It's not who you are. And after you experience it, you can literally turn the page and start a new chapter. I agree with you on that. I mean, I can see, you know, many failures that, you know, stuff I've done over the years and, and you know, maybe like closing a business and stuff like that. But actually looking back, these were maybe the best things that, you know, happened to me over time. But it's sort of reframing and, and really like thinking completely differently about, you know, what if things don't go as planned and what's my, you know, plan B. But I think when you do that, it's it's important also to... um to stay true to yourself. And you talk a lot about that and why this should really be like a top priority for you because you don't want people to say, you know, this is a failure, you're a failure and, and stuff like that. So how do you really like think about, you know, yourself and your priorities? Do you write them in front of you? <laughs> do you, you know, how do you, you don't forget like these important like goals uh, for yourself? Yeah, it's really important to know what your values are. So I have a list of my top five values and I've actually organized my to-do list under my values. So I changed, my to-do list was giving me anxiety because it was never ending. So I changed it, literally. <laughs> I changed it to, it's no longer a to-do list, it's a get to-do list. And it's now a get to-do list. And then it's also categorized in my top five values. So for example, impact is one of my values. So I have a bucket on my Asana board that is impact. And then 
I have all the activities that I've got to do in the week that align to my value of impact. And then I have personal growth. What books am I reading this week that align to my personal growth? And then I have well-being. What gym sessions have I booked? Uh, have I scheduled in time to go on a nice long walk? Um, have I scheduled in, you know, Tiwa self-care time? Things like that. What else is there? Creativity. You know, what creative projects am I working on this week? So by making sure my to-do list or my get-to-do list is organized under my values, it shows me how every single thing that I'm doing is working towards the woman I really want to be and is working towards the things I find the most important in life. And I found that the days where I felt really empty or unfulfilled or there's something missing in my life is often because there's a value that I'm not honoring. When you don't honor your values, you will feel empty and fulfilled. So I've learned to focus on what are the things that bring me fulfillment and how can I prioritize those things and spend most of my time doing those things. I love this. And I love this idea of having, you know, different buckets, because often when I look at my to-do list, I mean, obviously it's going to go all like, you know, what's the most important thing, but important for what, right? And your well-being, yes. as you say, your yoga session, you're having healthy lunch. This is not even on your list. <laughs> so, you know, where do you even start? But I think there's a big, now we're going to talk about money, but I think there's a parallel with money management. And I love the system of buckets because for me with money management, it's a bit the same thing. Like where, if you manage to save money, where do you put this money? Yeah, your short-term goals, maybe your next holiday and stuff, but like your future you, or maybe, you know, self, like personal development, paying for courses and stuff like that. So when we talk about money, can I ask you, you know, what is money for you? And, you know, what's the the, 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 the space, what's the time you give to money and, and how, how do, you, do you manage money, but more like, you know, think more holistically about money? So I've always kind of had, and I got this from my mom, the mindset of like money is always in abundance. So my mom always like recites like money comes to me in abundant and increasing quantities. <laughs> And I just grew up hearing my mom just say that all the time, like money comes to me in abundant and increasing quantities. And guess what? Money was coming to her in abundant and increasing quantities. Now, not because she was sitting on her sofa manifesting money. Absolutely not. She was out there building her business and her industry, you know, and really like putting in the work. But I kind of one of my negative money habits was always like, oh, I spend too much money. I spend too much money. I spend too much money. And then when you say that to yourself, guess what? You always end up spending too much money, right? So I really learned that I have to change the language or like, oh, I'm really bad with saving. I'm really bad with saving. If you keep saying that to yourself, you will literally be really bad with saving. So with money, I realized that how you speak about it, the language that you use when it comes to talking about money is really important. I'm not one of those, you know, social good people that go, oh, money is bad. Like money is why the world is in the state that it is now. You can't help people if you don't have money. Simple as that. So for me, money is just the vessel. It's the person and how they use the money that is good or bad. I don't think money itself is good or bad. It's how it is used and the person who is using it that is either good or bad. So 
I've never been one of those people who's like, oh, no, I don't really want to make enough, a lot of money. I just want to, you know, be humble and, you know, content and da, 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 da. No, to achieve impact in the world, you need money. So um, I've always been ambitious in terms of my money mindset. And um, yeah, just kind of always thinking about how money is in abundance and not to think about it from a lack mentality. Because when the pandemic hit, I lost all my bookings, literally, because I had built a whole business plan about how I was going to go into companies and run workshops and do in-person talks and all of these things. Everything got canceled and no one wanted to do Zoom at the time. Everyone was just freaking out, like, what the hell's going on? And every single one of my bookings got canceled. So I quit my full-time job in December of 2019. I didn't have any clients lined up. No one really knew who I was, to be very honest. And January, February, March, I started making a name for myself. You know, I I was building momentum and I had three months worth of savings when I quit my full-time job. But by March, when the savings were running out and I had now bookings for the next three months, all of those bookings got canceled. And I literally remember looking at my bank account at the beginning of March, like, oh my gosh, like this is so disheartening. But literally going from maybe like, I don't know, maybe like 300 pounds or 500 pounds. At the end of the three months, I made 10,000 pounds. And that was the most money I had ever made in one go, you know? So it's kind of like one of those things where you just have to believe that money is in abundance and it's available to you, but you have to be in alignment with putting the work and get into alignment with your purpose and your passions and things like that. Um, And then it just really makes a difference that way. And now at, you know, at this point, you know, beginning of the pandemic, you look at your bank statement, there's, you know, not so much money there. What's the impact on maybe yourself or maybe, you know, some people who are not, um, you know, at that level of, you know, personal development, they're like, you know, I have no money. Like I'm not worth anything. I've, you know, I'm not good. I'm, you know, zero self-worth. So, how do you completely like separate your self-worth with how much money you have or how much money you earn? Because society is, you know, <laughs> is driven by money. I mean, as you say, so it, this is, this, this can be quite difficult. Yeah. You know, again, it's going back to that, not internalizing these things. Money is not your identity. Money is a vessel. Money is a tool, right? It's like money is like a laptop. You would never make your laptop your identity, right? But, you know, we tend to make our work our identity. We make money our identity. We make failure our identity. All of these things are not your identity, right? So for me, my biggest wake up was realizing like, who am I? Like, who am I really? And my faith played a really big part in that because when I realized that I was connected to a higher purpose and a higher, you know, like energy and power in the world, you know, I was like, wow, God says I'm amazing. God says I'm fantastic. So like, that's who I am. You know, I'm like, I'm like untouchable. I am amazing in his eyes and that's what's important. And so learning to move your identity away from material things, material things come and go. 
but who you are at your core can never be taken away from you. So your worth is intrinsic. Your worth, you are born with worth. Like the fact that you are here and alive means that you are already worthy. So it's really important to understand that, yeah, your worth is your worth. No one can take that away from you. But worth and value are not the same thing. So I think worth is intrinsic and can never be taken away from you. But your value as an individual can increase and decrease. So for example, a big CEO with years and years and years of marketing experience is more valuable, in quotes, than a young graduate who's just left university. Their salaries are going to be very different. Why? They have different contacts, experience, all of those things. But their worth as individuals is exactly the same. Both of them are worthy human beings. One is more valuable than the other because it has more experience and more, um, you know, contacts, ETC, ETC. So learning to differentiate who you really are, like you have a soul, like you have an identity that is separate to money and work and family and friends is really important. So I think when you start doing that, it will really help you not to see your money as your identity. So when my bank account balance was really low, I asked myself, I said, is this a story you want for yourself? That the pandemic happened, you lost your business and you gave up. Is that the story you want? And I said, no, that's not the story I want for myself. So what is the story you want then? And I said, the story I want for myself is that I have seen the most growth in my business that I have ever seen. Um, I'm building a global community of women all over the world. I'm successful. I'm working with big brands, da, 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 da. And so I wrote a little note on my vision board and I said, whatever goes down must come back up. I am unstoppable. And so every morning in the pandemic, when I was getting cancellation emails, when no one was booking me, when no money was coming through, I said to myself, I am unstoppable. Whatever goes down must come back up. And when people didn't want to give me opportunities, I created my own opportunities. I started running my own workshops. I launched my, you know, my, my coaching business. I put on my own webinars. And after I started doing that, all of the people who canceled before came back and they were like, wow, yeah, we see you're running. (laughs) We see you're running a lot of online workshops. Uh, You know, do you want to run one for us? And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) You know? So people can cancel your opportunities. They can, you know, take away your money, but they can't cancel your confidence. That is why it is so important to invest in the things people cannot take away from you. Money comes and goes. So invest in things that you own, that you have power over, your self-belief, your confidence, your vision for your life. These are all of the things that you control, you know? And based on that, on, you know, like your, your, you know, your clients coming back to you. And I think it's also if, if you have a job, your full-time job, like being really confident and it's going to help you to get more money at the end of the day, because, you know, it's like negotiating your salary, negotiating your rates. How do you feel about that today? Do you think it's still like difficult exercise to, you know, ask for more money? It will always be difficult. But one of the big things I realized last year was it's not my business to worry about whether they have the money or not. That's actually not my business. Because if you think 
about it. Like, why are we freaking out about whether people have money or not to afford us? That's none of our business. That's between them and their finances, right? My job is to show up and to set my fee. And if you can afford it, great. And if you can't afford it, then maybe I'm not for you. And it's as simple as that. And so it took me a long time to really wrap my head around that because I'm definitely, I would really worry about, oh my gosh, what if it's too expensive? And then I like price myself out and then, you know, da, 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 da. And I think at the end of the day, if something is meant for you, it will be for you. And it's as simple as that. It's not your business to be in the business of struggle and stress about whether people have money for your services or not, because that energy you put out there is not great energy, right? Instead, you want to believe that the people who have money to afford you can actually find you and want to work with you. And um, literally from 2020 to 2021, um, I increased my coaching prices because I would be listening to podcasts about coaches making a hundred K a year. And I looked at those coaches and I looked at my prices (laughs) and I said, Tiwa girl, these do not look like hundred K (laughs) prices. Right? So if I want to be a hundred K coach, because the people who are hundred K coaches they're getting results. I'm getting results. The amount of women that have come to me and told me I've changed their life, like I'm getting results. So why are these coaches out here with the confidence to charge whatever they're charging to be able to make a hundred K in a year? And I'm here still like, oh my gosh, like, you know, we're in a pandemic and like, what if people can't afford it? And I was like, no, 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 no. Okay. None of that. So I raised my prices. I was like, what's the scariest price I can set? And I literally just increased it. And guess what? People paid. And when the email notifications were coming in of like payments, I was literally just like, oh, <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I couldn't believe it. But people paid. And that's your new minimum. Yeah. Then. And so then you work from a completely different base. Yeah, 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 yeah. And last year I was burnt out. I was taking so many clients on at the same time, you know, charging like a nice, small, modest fee that wasn't even close to the value I was delivering. And now this year, you know, I can take three clients at a time and still make the same amount. And I'm mu- I'm much freer. I'm a lot happier. I'm not burnt out. I give even more to my clients now because I'm not stressed. So you just have to be brave with it. It's not your business to be worrying about what other people are, whether they're going to say yes or no. Focus on your own thing, deliver your value and be unapologetic about it. I love that. Tiwa, I have three quick fire questions. Okay. What is the best financial decision you've ever made? Ooh, <laughs> I'm not allowed to say like buying a handbag or a pair of shoes. <laughs> You're allowed to say I'm anything. Joking, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I would say, okay, oof, there's two. Okay. One good financial decision I would say was moving out of my family house into my own place because it just really put me in a much better 
mental space, like being in my own place where I could decorate and like, you know, just have, I'm just like living in the city before I was like in North London in the suburbs. And it was just like the energy that I have now is totally different. And even though people are like, oh, you should live at home uh, until you can buy a house and you shouldn't rent. I was just like, you know what? I can afford it. I want to change my environment. I want to change my mindset. I want to be in a new space. And so I did it. And then I would say another really good financial decision was um, setting up a direct debit to my savings account. And the direct debit goes at the beginning of the month <laughs> as soon as I Yay. paid myself. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, because always <laughs> saying, first. yeah, oh, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And then you, you never have money for your savings. So put the money away for your savings first, set up a direct debit so you don't even have to doubt it or think about it. And that's how I, I think that's a good financial decision that I also made. And the worst financial decision. Oh, uh, maybe buying something that I really did not need, but I, I can't really think of anything bad. I mean, I'm really annoyed at myself because I bought some like new gym clothes from an online store and I thought the store was UK based because everything was in pounds, like all dandy. Now it comes to return the items. It's based in Australia. So I have to spend 18 pounds to return the items and I didn't even want any of them. And that is really, really annoying me. <laughs> so I need to spend less money online shopping is what I need to do. <laughs> <laughs> and what are the things you spend the most money on at the moment? Oh, gosh. I buy a lot of books, but I would say probably food. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I would say probably food is the thing I spend most of my money on, but I do spend a lot of money on books and kind of investing in myself. I love to take care of myself. Like I will, if it's my self-care, if it's going on holiday, oh, that's another really good investment going on holiday. So yeah, love taking care of myself and doing, doing what needs to be done. And the money has not run out. So... <laughs> Every single month I make what I need to make. And so that's, that's like the energy that I'm living. I'm not hoarding anything, but I'm not being yeah. excessive at the same time. I'm trying to find that happy medium of just knowing that it's in abundance and it will come to me. I still have to work, but I'm not going to be in a scarcity mindset. Can you recommend one book? Uh, I know it's difficult, but maybe on, you know, confidence or personal development that 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 you like yeah um one book that i really found super useful was code of the extraordinary mind by vishen lakiani and that book was all about how to reprogram your mind and how to like check society's bs ideals that limit us and shrink us and how to challenge those and actually live life on our own terms So yeah, anyone who wants to really shift their mindset, who wants to learn to prioritize what they want in life, I really recommend that book. Thank you so much. I love chatting with you. I think we could have done another hour. Is there anything else you'd like to share, recommend with uh, you know anyone listening to this episode? You know, I just want to end with like, your life is your responsibility at the end of the day. And I think as women, we often put other people before ourselves a lot of the time. 
and we're here to please and we're here to be nice and we don't know how to set boundaries and we worry so much about what this person thinks and that person thinks and at the end of the day it's your life it's your rules it's your pace so really don't be afraid to be unapologetic with your money decisions with the way you live your life with what you believe about yourself you know Never shrink yourself to make other people feel more comfortable. Show up as your true, authentic self. Shine your light. Believe in yourself because there is greatness inside of you. There is greatness inside all of us. But you owe it to yourself to unlock that greatness. No one's going to do it for you. The world is so ready to tell you how you are not good enough. So you actually have to go on this journey to find your worth and your value and really unlock that and bring that to, to the surface of your life. So yeah. Those will be my last words. <laughs> Love it. Thank you so much, Tiwa. We can find you on uh, Instagram. Yes, at Tiwa Lola and at Confident and Killing It. And I've got loads of resources on my website, confidentandkillingit.com, worksheets, resources, and things like that. And also all my coaching information if anyone's interested in a confidence coach. All my information is on my website. Everything in the show notes and on vespot.com. Uh, Tiwa, thank you so much uh, for spending this hour with me. Really enjoyed that. And uh, I hope to see you soon. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today on The Wallet. I hope you've enjoyed the episode. And if you did, please do share with a friend or on social media. It also takes two minutes to leave a review or rating on Apple Podcasts. And this does really help. Thank you and chat to you next week.